So Theranos. Theranos was a medical diagnostic company, and their mission was to redefine diagnosis. And they were doing this with this new revolutionary technology where you were able to take one drop of blood to run all your blood tests. So the most exciting portion of Theranos, at least for me, was the fact that it was very cheap. You knew exactly how much it was gonna cost you when you wanted to get your blood test done. And for many people, at least in the United States, they wouldn't even need to have health insurance in order to pay for these tests. And so for me, being a starry-eyed, very idealistic, um, recent graduate from UC Berkeley, this mission had really hit close to home for me. So my background, I grew up in a trailer, or I think you guys call them caravans, and there are many um, kind of false assumptions that people make about people who live in trailer parks, but there is one really strong reality amongst the American working class, and that reality is healthcare costs are too damn high. And the consequence of healthcare costs being so high in the US is that many people will not go to the doctor when they start seeing symptoms. And I had had, you know, my friends, my family, my neighbors, and even myself just choosing not to go to the doctor because we were scared of how much it was gonna cost us. And what would end up happening is a very minor condition would end up turning into a very major disease and diagnosis like cirrhosis of the liver or stage four cancer. So this was an exciting opportunity for me. Working at Theranos was really my opportunity to fulfill a personal mission of mine, which was to alleviate patient suffering. Finally, I could be of service to my friends, my family, and the community that I cared and loved so much, and I could do this by alleviating their pains financially and physically and psychologically. So what was the problem here? Well, the problem was that the technology didn't work. The Theranos devices were nothing more than wishful thinking, and the processes and procedures that we had in place were full of errors and problems. And the worst part of it was they were still testing on patients. When I ex explain the environment of Theranos to people, I really relate it as the wild, wild west of blood diagnostics. And what they were doing was essentially experimenting on patients without their knowledge and consent and making them believe that they were going to a well-vetted doctor. So being concerned, while I worked for the company, I had approached the CEO of the company, Sunny Balwani, and I said, look, we're seeing tons of issues with the patient results, with the medical devices, and our processes. I, th I think we need to pay attention to this and stop processing patient samples. And his response to me was, what makes you think you're qualified to say that? You need to do the job I'm paying you to do and process patient samples. So after this conversation, I quit the very next day, it became clear to me after that conversation that they just didn't care. So at this point, I was heartbroken. 
but I was lucky that I was approached by a Wall Street Journal reporter, John Carreyrou, and he had heard from other people in the industry and other employees that there were scandalous activities and potentially fraudulent activities going on within Theranos. So he was conducting an investigative report, but before it came out, Theranos went on a witch hunt. They decided to lawyer up with one of the top corporate lawyers in the United States and come after a whole bunch of prior employees. And the concerning thing about this letter isn't so much that it was threatening to sue me and that they were coming after me and trying to get me to implicate other workers within the company. The concerning part was the address. I had just moved apartments and I was staying with a colleague of mine and on this letter that they delivered to me was my colleague's address. So at this point I knew that not only were they coming after me legally, but they were physically following me. Hi, it's Anna D here. I'm founder and curator of InspireFest. Welcome to Real Humans. This year, we wanted to do something a little unexpected. So we set up a booth backstage at InspireFest. All we had in that booth was a microphone and a series of cards that could be turned over to reveal a question. After they gave their talk and left the main stage, our speakers went into the booth, chose questions at random, and they ended up sharing lots of interesting stories and ideas with us. We wanted to create something that would give you a better idea of the human side of our speakers rather than just the technology, science and innovations that they talk about on stage. So we really hope you enjoy the results. It was something very new for us and a place that is not afraid to try new things is the Digital Hub, our supporters for the podcast series. The Digital Hub is in the Liberties in the heart of Dublin City in Ireland. It's a collaborative space and it's home to lots of technology and digital media companies. But it's more than just an office. You can visit thedigitalhub.com to find out more. Now let's run this experiment. So the cards are there with your questions on them, microphones running, and I'm going to leave you to it. All right, let's look. InspireFest podcast questions. So the first question is, why do you do what you do? That is a good question. So I think there are many answers to this question. So a big thing that I do is uh, I like to build healthcare and biotechnology companies. And I wish I understood why, but ever since I was a little kid, I've been interested in medicine and healthcare. And I think a lot of it is owed to the fact that Potentially, I had a lot of family members who had issues with uh, mental health and mental illness, um, from schizophrenia to suicide to severe depression. And really, I think from a young age, being a kind of supportive type, I always wanted to make them feel better. 
and spent a lot of time and in consideration doing that. So I think this has really fueled my love for healthcare and biotechnology. Um, and in terms of what I do in the technology industry, I think part of the reason I love technology is because of my father. So I've been helping him build computers since I was a little girl. And we would go to the computer fair every Saturday, and this has really caused me to have a very long-standing invested interest in computers and video games and tech products and apps. So I think those are two reasons why I do uh, what uh, I do. So the second question is, tell me who you are and what you do. Oh, I did these in the opposite order, whoops. So, uh, so the question is, tell me who you are and what you do. So I'm Erica Chung and I am well known for, at least at the moment, for being the whistleblower in the Theranos case, one of the whistleblowers in the Theranos case, which was a big Silicon Valley scandal involving a blood diagnostic company. And currently, I do a handful of things. So I'm an advisor for a technology accelerator in Hong Kong. And their ambition was to become the Y Combinator of Asia. So we invest in early stage tech companies and we help grow and expand them all throughout Asia. So that's one thing that I do. Second, I am helping build the biotechnology and healthcare uh, ecosystem, startup ecosystem in Hong Kong and throughout Asia, so bringing international companies into Hong Kong, China, Southeast Asia that are developing really interesting and novel healthcare and biotechnology products. And the third thing that I do is I'm the founder of a nonprofit organization called Ethics and Entrepreneurship, where we talk about how entrepreneurs, tech workers, and the startup community can prepare themselves for when they face ethical dilemmas. And we're working with academics and chief ethics officers and industry experts and lawyers to really build stronger discussions around the ethical challenges that a startup company or a pre-IPO private company might face, especially as software starts to enter into more and more regulated spaces. So those are the three three core projects that I'm working on at, at the moment. The next question is, what do you wish you'd known when you were starting out? I think the key thing that I have learned quite well is to always ask my question, always keep my fears in check and not let anxiety always rule everything that I do. And so a question I'll frequently ask myself now is, okay, if you're worried about something, you're anxious about something, what is the worst case scenario that could happen? What is the worst possible thing that could happen? And what would you do about it? And what I find is when I work from the end, the worst possible end in mind, and try and work up from there, you realize the things that you're scared of are surmountable. They're not the end of the world. They're not as fatalistic as sometimes I may have thought that they were. And 
you know, it empowers me at least to have more confidence in myself and my abilities. So that's something I wish early on I, I would have had a better sense of and it would have caused a lot less uh, headache and, and uh, pain for me. Okay, random question. Ooh, okay, this one. The question is, what was the last time you failed and how did you respond? At this point, I've, <laughs> I've filmed at so many things, it's hard to even keep track of, of all of them. I think, uh, I mean, there are big failures, there are small failures, right? So there are many times in the day that, you know, I, I attempt to do so many things. Uh, like something as simple as keeping my schedule in order and, and making sure I don't miss any, you know, virtual meetings, which have... Unfortunately, being in Hong Kong and working with people in the East Coast is, is a quite easy mistake to make. Um, but I think the important thing is, is when you fail, pay attention to the reasons why you failed. Assess, you know, is it, again, the end of the world that you failed? How can you make it better? And just always be geared and focused on how can you do the right thing even when you made a mistake. And to not just completely burden yourself with all your past mistakes, but really try and move yourself forward to looking at the ways in which you can make things better. Uh, I'll do one more question. Oh, wow. Who is your personal hero and why? Beyonce. Um, <laughs> no. Beyonce, though, I think I have a lot of admiration for because of just the high caliber and quality of work that she produces. And she's just phenomenal and fierce and this really strong woman who is always just doing the best she can constantly. Um, I also admire Benjamin Franklin. I think he was a person that was so multi-talented and curious about the world around him from the sciences to communication to politics. And also he was very aware of his own misgivings and whether it was indulging in too much wine or, or fine food and not being able to manage his personal finances. So I think someone who is very curious, involved in a lot, produces really impactful work and has a lot of humility at the same time. Um, I think also I, I really admire Benjamin Franklin for that. And we'll do one more. <sighs> okay, the question is, can you share a situation from your life that provides insight into who you are? I think the one quality that I've managed to have a lot in life is resiliency and adaptability. So I grew up from a pretty working class family and I grew up in a trailer park. And for me, in order to get where I wanted in life, I knew I was gonna have to work really hard because I needed to go the extra mile to prove um, that I was competent and skilled, uh, especially because I wasn't surrounded by the best schools. So instead of kind of 
being upset that I couldn't go to private school or boarding school or all the extracurriculars that other people could afford to make myself stand out, you know, I decided to be homeschooled. And I worked very hard to get good grades, get into specialty programs that led me to go to UC Berkeley. But at UC Berkeley, I actually struggled quite a bit. And um, there are two types of people, they say, at Berkeley. There are those that thrive and those that survive. And I was definitely just a survivor. My first year of college, I unfortunately got robbed at gunpoint. I was sexually assaulted and um, was uh, attacked in in another way on three separate occasions. But I didn't let that prevent me from graduating, though it was very hard. because I had uh, just really severe agoraphobia for a while. Um, And it definitely affected my my grades. And post-Theranos, you know, post-college, I ended up working for Theranos, which was its own stressful situation. And having to come forward and whistleblow was really stressful. Actually, that summer when Theranos was following me and and hiring private investigators (laughs) to follow me around and they were threatening to sue me, the week before I had come back from a funeral uh, from someone that I really cared about and my cat died and I had to bury it. My boyfriend broke up with me, who was also someone I cared about (laughs) very deeply at that time. And because he broke up with me, we had to move out of our apartment. So I had to find a new place to live in the very expensive Bay Area. And then about a week later, I found out that Theranos was was actually following me. (laughs) And all this to say that... You know, I I look at harsh and painful situations and and struggle and strife not as obstacles or things that don't let me achieve what I want to in life, but merely things that come up and are painful. Um, But knowing very well that I, I can get through them and I have the resiliency and strength to do so. All right. Thank you, InspireFest podcast. I think that's all the questions we have for today. All right. Thank you so much. That's a really great format, though. Those are are deep questions. That was recorded at our fifth birthday of InspireFest in Dublin. We'll be back next year with a new and improved event on May 21st and 22nd. Tickets are still available and we wanted to offer a little discount code to our listeners. So simply go to inspirefest.com, click on buy tickets and enter the promo code HUMANS2020. That's a promo code of HUMANS2020. Thanks to all our speakers who took part in Real Humans and to our ACE team of producers at Bureau. For more about Bureau, you can go to akabureau.com. Thanks for listening.